0: Praise the Lord. You know, we, uh, we've uh we been talking about something that the Lord laid on my heart. I, I shared. Charlie, you remember when I shared, you said we was probably going to go down this road again. It was back in the summer. Needed to carry this this message. We needed to get this message out. I've felt that for so long. It's something that some of you have been here on Wednesday nights. A year ago, you, you got to catch a lot of this. There are some that haven't got to catch any. And it's amazing to me, and I don't want you to read anything into this other than what I'm trying to say to you now. There are those who need to hear this message. They didn't get it a year ago, and I didn't preach it. It was a teaching that came from John Bevere called The Bait of Satan, Escaping the Trap of the Devil. We did that on Wednesday nights. It's amazing to me the things that has happened in that amount of time that the bait was set, the trap has happened. It's amazing to me that the people that need to hear it, and I'm not just saying, well, I know this guy needs to hear it. I want you to hear what I'm telling you. We all need to hear this message. Something is always calling somebody away when this message is coming. It is a serious message. And if the devil gets his way to keep some out of church where they can't receive this, we're putting it online so you can go online and listen to it and, and take this message in, take this word in. But it's amazing to me, looking at the big picture, just how crafty the devil is. Something's always coming up that I can't receive that message. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I don't give the devil a bit of credit more than anything else, but I do know this. He is crafty, and whatever it is that he does, he gets allowed to do by God. I'm going to say this this morning. I want you to get this deep down into your spirits. If the devil could destroy us, he would have done it a long time ago. He would have done it a long time ago. He would have destroyed us if he could. But he does get to work. Don't make no mistake about it. He is at work and doing well. I told you the two weeks ago, I didn't get to preach last week, sweetie's mama was in the hospital. By the way, thank you for the prayers. You stand the chance to be offended each and every day. And a matter of fact, I said it last time I preached from the pulpit, probably before you leave this church, you will have the opportunity to pick up an offense. Before I finish speaking, it may come from me that you will be offended, and it probably will come from the truth in the Word that will offend you. But somebody sitting here can probably offend you. You'll have that opportunity to either be a a nice big boy Christian or a little baby Christian. The big boy Christians see it for what it is, and we get through it, we pray for them. Hey, they're having a bad day, an off day. The baby Christians get mad and hurt all the time. And that's exactly what the devil sets out to do. Because if he can keep you fighting those kinds of battles, what other battles are you not fighting? Winning souls. Leading people to the places of truth. The devil don't want you focusing on that. He don't want me focusing on that. He wants you focusing on poor little pitiful me and myself and what they did with me. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. If somebody has wronged you, do you have the right to be offended? Three people said no, and those three people are correct. They went a trip to Hawaii. They they rang in first. You don't have the right to be offended according to the Word of God. Been talking about that. You're probably going to get tired of hearing it. By the time we get done with it, I'm letting you know now we are going to go forward with it. I've been given a commission from God to take this message again to this church. Anybody who walks through the door, now he may tell me next week that he wants me to preach something different, and that's exactly what I'll do, but I'm going to tell you now, we're going to stay on this path until we get to the end of it. Time is getting short in this life that we live, folks. Look at the signs of the times told you last week or two weeks ago I keep saying last week when I slip up and say last week remember it was two weeks ago because it's last week in my head it's the last time I was here offenses are going to be able to happen what are we going to do when they come you're going to have the chance to be offended pick it up or don't pick it up if you pick it up it's the bait and you'll be in the trap and the trap sets on you you don't get to move so I asked you this question just now is if somebody does something wrong to you, do you have the right to be offended? Three people answered no. Those three people are exactly right, and they were here on the Wednesday nights a year ago when we did this this series. But today we're going to talk about a fellow by the name of Joseph. The one with the coat of many colors. Way back when, back in Genesis, I think it starts in like 48. Don't hold me to that. But I'm going to read from verse 50, verse 19 and 20 this morning. And we'll go from there. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am in the place of God. For am I in the place of God? He's asking a question. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. Now, I told you a few weeks ago there are two kinds of offended people, those who have been genuinely offended. They've been done wrong. And the other ones are the ones who think they have been done wrong. And either way, whenever we have If we're not careful, we put up little filters that we allow things to come into us. All information that we receive comes through those little filters that are there that will help us to determine whether we want to receive nothing, how we want to receive something, and that is the bait that Satan sets. I've told you before, he would just as soon come in here and create disturbances inside the church Inside of your life, inside of your home as an individual, as a family, inside of your extended family, inside of the church, as he would to put a porn palace and a liquor store across the road. He would much rather do that. Because that's what he sets out to do, because you know why? He knows just how powerful and effective it is. Because it's hard to go to someone and say, I'm sorry. It's hard to go to someone and say, I was wrong. It's hard to go and ask someone for forgiveness. And you know what? The offended person, it's so much harder for them to say, I forgive you. But the crux of Christianity, what Jesus did at the cross, falls on forgiveness. Without that, there is no Jesus, there is no cross. Love the Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, body, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, on this hang all the law and the prophets. The whole entire Bible, the, what we're reading this morning, fits in there. If it don't fit in there, then it ain't right. It's that simple. It's a simple message, isn't it? And so we have to have that. But this morning, we're going to talk about those that have been genuinely, genuinely mistreated. So we're going to look at Joseph. Joseph, remember, was a dreamer. You remember he had the dream. And he had the dream that he was, the, the sheaves were coming in and, and all these other sheaves bowed down to one, which was him. And he had another dream about the sun, moon, and stars, the sun and moon being mom and dad, and the stars being his brothers would bow down and worship him. Now, he gets this revelation from God, and he's excited about it. And he shares with his family over breakfast one morning. You know, they're having some eggs and gravy and sausage, biscuits. They probably didn't eat that over in Israel at that time, but I'm putting it in terms that we can understand. And he's like, hey, guess what? I had a dream last night. And he starts sharing this dream But what this dream was, was it was something that put him here and everybody else here. Do you see there was a problem? Now in his enthusiasm, it was not good because his brothers and his family didn't share the same enthusiasm that he did. You remember his dad made him a coat of many colors. That's a message for another time. The symbolism of that. But he, his daddy loved him and he was going to be the head honcho of the family so to speak. That's how it was going to be, not only because Daddy said so, but because God said so. These dreams were a vision of what was to come, God's plan, if you will. Now, how many of you know if it's God's plan, it is going to happen? I'll put it in street terms for you. If it's God's plan, you might as well get on board or get left behind because He will do His plan. It may take 150 years. It may take 40 years for that plan to go through. Question is, are you riding the train or are you left behind? Because his plan will happen. So this was God's plan for him. So it didn't matter if his brothers were mad at him or anybody else was mad at him. What mattered was it was God's plan. Their place was to get on board with that. But they were so offended by that that they was out working the flock one day, and they seen him coming with his coat of many colors. He didn't blend in with the background like camouflaged or nothing. Here this guy comes. He's got blues and purples and whites. You know, he's stuck out. And they said, hey, yonder comes that dreamer. And so there was a pit nearby, and I'm ad-libbing this. Y'all can read this for yourselves because we can't got time to read it all. And they said, hey, let's throw him into this pit. We'll get rid of him. We'll take his coat. We'll put some animal's blood on him. We'll go back and tell Daddy he got attacked. And he'll be out of our hair. We'll kill him, basically. And we're going to wrap him over the head and kill him then. They're just going to put him in a pit and let him starve to death. Now, that's pretty cruel, isn't it? Your own blood can. And so they had this idea. Well, then all of a sudden, one of them seen some Ishmaelites coming by. And they said, you know what? Let's sell him to them. And we'll not only get rid of him. But we're going to get some money, too. Now, that's a conniving bunch of people, isn't it? Does anybody know anybody like that in this world? Yeah, just turn on the news. That's all you got to do, turn on the news. Anyone you pick, take your pick, CNN, Fox, local, it don't matter. You'll find those people like that all over this place. If they think they can make a buck, they're going to do it. And they don't care who they hurt in the process. But this was his brothers trying to get rid of him thinking that if we get rid of him then he's not going to rule over us. They forgot the part about God gave me a dream. And if it's God's plan it is going to happen. And so they sell him off to these people and they take him and they sell him in Egypt to a fellow by the name of Potiphar. Now folks This was Ken that did this to him. And, and we as Americans really don't understand what was going on. Let me, let me help you out with that for just a second. We know what we know about slavery from our history books, and some of us are old enough to remember how that extended up into our nation in the 60s, the civil rights movements and the hatred that sits in people. And let me tell you something. It's alive and well today. They are bigots everywhere. That's a good place for an amen, church, because it's true. Maybe God just offended you. I don't know. But that's okay. Because if you don't get up out of that pit, that's where you live. You pick whatever topic you want. You get down in that pit, that's where you stay. Accept. and we'll get to the accept in a minute. But he was born into money. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was Jacob's boy. Abraham was his great-great-grandfather. So we get into the place that there's a promise from God. What's going to happen? It's going to happen. So he is on the up and up. He's coming up. They've got a little bit of money. They've got a little bit of wealth. He's going to be an heir. He's going to be receiving this. Now he's been sold as a slave. Now in those days when you was a slave, that's what you were. Once you were a slave, you were born a slave, you married a slave, your kids would be slaves, and they were slaves until the day they died. You belonged, you were property of someone else. Can you imagine what it's like being this close to the dream and having it stripped from you by your own kin people? What they did was cruel and wicked. It was this close to grasping and going where God wanted to take him, and yet now he is a slave in a foreign land. Now, that's what his brothers did. That's the place that they took him to. All of it was gone. He didn't have an idea that he would ever receive it, that he'd ever get it back. And we know the story, right? Most of us sitting here know the story. It's got a good ending. But you've got to remember, Joseph didn't know that. He was living it. Just as many of us are living things right now, trials and things that set on top of us, pressures that hit us each and every day, come from our brothers, come from our people we don't know. We have those things that hit us every day, but yet we have a promise. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. I don't care where you're walking right now, Jesus is right there with you. I do need you to understand this though. He ain't going to walk over yonder. He's just got a long arm and he says, come back to my path. Walk with me. He'll meet you wherever you are. But you know what? Sometimes we get in places that's not good for us. And it hurts us. Joseph didn't think that he would ever see his dad again. He never thought he would ever see the God-given dream that he gave him. His faith was getting faltered. It was getting weak. So he he sells him to this fellow by the name of Potiphar. He goes into Potiphar's house. He's working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar basically put him over his affairs. He was a smart guy. He was blessed by God. So it wasn't quite as bad, but he was still a slave. And things are going good. He's seeing the Potiphar's business. Potiphar's like, man, I like this guy. There's only one thing. Socially, I just can't promote him. He's a slave. That's who he is. That's what he'll be. But he's a good slave. I like having him. He's making things good. My business is going good. And then all of a sudden, one day, trouble strikes. Potiphar's wife. She got this idea that she wants to go and uh, hang out with him, if you know what I mean. Throws herself at him. She does all these kinds of things, and he says, No, I cannot do this to my God. I will not do it to my master. Talking about Potiphar. This is not going to happen, but yet... She threw herself at him. He escapes, leaves his robe there. She's embarrassed. And what does she do? She hollers rape. What happens to him? He gets put into prison. Now, the guy, the one guy in Israel, I mean in Egypt, that liked him and had him around, now don't like him. Now, can you see what's happening here? He had a dream, he had a vision that God gave him. This is where we're going. Here's the plan. And now it seems like every time he tries to get up, bam, he gets knocked back down. He gets up, bam, he gets knocked back down. And this was a lie. It was a lie. Nothing but a lie. But where did he go? He went from Potiphar's house, sleeping probably on a good bed and eating good food, to prison. Now prison ain't anything like we think about It was basically a pit they throwed him in. As a matter of fact, I think in Psalms somewhere it talks about him being in fetters. Joseph was in fetters. He was bound. He's in this prison basically receiving enough food and water to keep him alive and that was it. He spent all this time by something his brothers did. Can you see where I'm going with this? He had a lot of time now to think about things. He couldn't be about Potiphar's affairs, so now he's sitting in a cell in a hole in the ground bound up. Now, there's not a whole lot to do in a hole in the ground bound up. No sunlight, no nothing. Probably the stench is awful, and yet, what did he have time to do? Can you just imagine him thinking about this? You robbed me of what God was going to do. How dare you? You're my own blood. you've robbed me you he, he had all these things going on inside of his mind i can just picture it. The bible doesn't tell us it does but folks do you realize the time that all this transpired was about 12 years worth of time we read it in a few minutes it took 12 years for this story to play out day in and day out he's sitting in prison day in and day out he's probably got these things going on inside of his mind and he's you know he's thinking you know I've served you God, I don't understand why this is happening. I've done everything that I could. I mean I was even more faithful to, to my master than his own wife was and what happened to me? I get thrown in a dungeon. What are you doing God? You're this mighty God who has created everything. You even gave me dreams of told me what was going to happen and now I'm sitting in prison. I'm in a foreign land and I'm not going to be set free. My daddy's not looking for me no more. My family that my brothers threw me in here so they ain't looking for me. He probably did hear the plan that they had to get rid of him. So everybody thinks he's dead. There is no hope. So he had the only thing he could hang on to was the dreams that God had given him. Maybe he even said I only think that I heard from God. Maybe those dreams wouldn't from God. Anybody ever been down that road before? I'll raise my hand. Maybe I didn't hear from God. All the evidence is there, but sometimes you can get in a place and say, where are you, God? God's right there. He's got a plan. What happens with God's plan? It's time for you to wake up. What happens with God's plan? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He had very limited freedom in his life. But he had freedom for one thing. To choose his response to what was done to him. Brothers and sisters, you and I have the freedom to choose. No matter what's going on inside of us. No matter what somebody has done to us. They can bind us up. They can put a gag on us. They can put us in fetters. But what's happening inside of here, they can't do nothing about. You and I have the freedom to choose what we're going to do about this. Are we going to give it to God, or are we going to get vengeance? Which one is the wrong path? Vengeance, because the Bible said, uh, God said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay so he had, the, he had the ability to be able to choose what his response would be. He could become offended and bitter toward his brothers and eventually toward God. That's where it would end up at. We've got so many people that's walked away from us now so mad at God they can't stand it. Because he didn't do what they thought he should do. Somebody offended them, go get them, God. You know those prayers, those are not the prayers we pray. We don't pray, go get them, God that's not what we pray if that's what's in our hearts we need to meet who Jesus is we need to let the Holy Spirit come inside our hearts we don't pray go get up God that's not what we do because vengeance is his I don't need to be telling him what his business is amen I don't need to be telling God what to do because then I expect God to do what I think he is why we expect everybody else to do what we tell them to do right you ever seen somebody get mad at you because you just don't happen to walk right the way they think you should Veins pop out on their head, face gets red, ears turn red. You know what I'm talking about. Can't sleep for days when they get so mad. All because they want to be God and don't want God to be God. So, the only thing he had was the promise that God had gave him. Let me ask you this, is God in control? I would say that Joseph, while he's sitting in this prison, maybe he's six years deep into this thing. Maybe he's eight years deep into it. He ain't thinking about God's plan. I wonder. I'm wondering about this. I'm chewing on this right now myself. Why so long did it take him that long to get to the place in his heart that God needed him to be? That's a good question then. It's not covered in the Bible, but this covered a 12-year span of time. That's what all this was about. Yet God had given him these dreams. But God was preparing him to be a ruler. That's what he ended up being, right? He was a ruler. That's what the dreams were about. You're going to be a ruler. You're going to rule over things. God was preparing him to be that ruler. And you say, why did this have to happen? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, God knew what those boys were going to do. God knew what Joseph's response was going to be. He knew all about it before any of those boys were ever born. You see, he created this earth and everything that we see in six days. You believe that this morning? You see hands? You believe that this morning? Wake up. Then that means with God all things are possible, right? With man it's not, but with God all things are possible, We prayed for healing this morning. With God, it's possible. There's no special power in Ken Lester or anybody else standing around here. If there's any power that's coming out of us, it's coming by the Holy Spirit and going out and doing the work. And we become even more humbled. The more humbled we are, the more He works. Because we ain't receiving no glory. Because all the glory is about Jesus and the Holy Ghost. will always testify of Jesus. Always. And so, so he's... He didn't realize that God was preparing him, I'm sure. It took a long time for this to happen. How often have we heard our own brothers and sisters fall into the same trap by assigning blame to someone? That's one of the traps, by the way, folks. Bank that in your notes. See, it's easy to blame everyone else for our problems that you have. And imagine how much better off that your life would be if it had not been for all of those around you. That's what happens when we start placing those blame to other people. Because you simply know that your hurt is their fault. Let me ask you, like I asked before, do you have the right to be offended? And the answer is no, you don't. I want to emphasize this one point to you guys. Absolutely no man, woman, child, or devil can ever get you out of the will of God. No one holds your destiny but God. The only power the devil has is to deceive us and to trick us. And whenever we fall into his trap, we have now empowered him in our lives. He can be empowered in your life, Danny, and not affect me a bit. I can see you destroying yourself. Try to tell you what truth is, and then you know not know. It goes one ear and out the other. Because the wrong one is now empowering your ears. Everything is coming through that filter. You understand what I'm talking about, church? And then you wonder why I'm sitting alone. And then we start blaming all kinds of other people about it. Oh, no. What's the purpose God has for your life? Do you know what it is? Have you sought it out? If Joseph were like many of us, I would say he would be sitting inside of that prison cell plotting revenge. Here's what I'm going to do to them. Here's how I'm going to expose them. Oh, when they see this about him, that's what offended people do. And it's crippling to the church not saying you're not saved, I'm just saying instead of walking in the plan that God has for you here, you choose to get down and crawl on your hands and knees to defend being offended. Whoa. Let me tell you something, if Joseph had actually had that attitude, I believe with all my heart that he would have rotted in that dungeon. Jacob's, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it would have still gone on as God said, Joseph would have missed out. If that would have been his attitude, he would have laid there and rotted. Did it take 12 years for him to get to the place to be able to receive what God was giving him? Let me ask you this. You're facing something today. Maybe it started in the last month. Maybe it started in the last two years. Do you got 10 more years left in you to fight that battle? The choice is ours. We get to submit to God and be set free now or He'll go to all kinds of lengths to get us. The Bible says that he chastises those whom he loves. That's a whipping. He corrects us. And can I tell you this? When God has a plan, he walks on his plan. He walks on his line. And I'm putting it in road terms or street terms for you today. You can get on board or you cannot. Because he will not change. He will not change. And that's the trap the devil sets. He was done wrong. That's a, admittedly the Bible even shows us he was done wrong, but he didn't have the right to get to the place that he was offended. Had he had that same kind of a attitude inside of him, when he'd got out of prison, he would have probably killed the, the ten, ten of the twelve heads of Israel. Now that couldn't happen, could it? He either had to submit, or he would have stayed in prison. One of them was Judah, who came out of Judah. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He couldn't kill him. So he had, did not have the right to be offended. He had the right to get over it. He had the right to get to the place that he could extend the love of God. That's what he had the right and he had the duty to do. Nothing else he had the right to do. Otherwise, he would have wiped out the lineage of Jesus Christ. You see, it's through those people that he came Joseph stayed free from offense and the plan of God was established in his life and in the lives of his brothers. He stayed free from being offended. We can't go to the place that we have that hit us each and every day. No mortal man or devil can persuade the plan of God in your life. If you get a hold of this truth, it will set you free. But there is only one person who can get you out of the will of God, friends. That's you. Ken can't take you out of the will of God. You might not like how Ken preaches or how he runs the church. That's okay. But if God said, put him here, I'm going to let you all in on a secret. I was praying hard this past spring about pastoring. I said, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue doing this? Do you have another plan for me? I got this little piece of paper to fill out to tell them what I wanted to do. Obviously, the state overseer is going to do what the state overseer is going to do. Because I was begging God, what do you want me to do? And finally, I said, whatever your will is, I'm good with. And I went to the state convention. I'm working security, and I had to get up close to the front because it's time to call for names. And I'm just waiting. Ken's going to Huddleston, Ken's going nowhere, Ken's going somewhere. I was wanting God's will. I seen some pastors jumping up and down, big grins hitting their wives' faces whenever they got their appointment. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have all that. All I had was, yes, sir, God, that's what I want to do. I want to do what your will is. It's during that time that he exposed to me what I shared with you all a few weeks ago. From Ezekiel 34, my job is to give the message. My job is to shout the warning, which what this is right now is the warning. After that, it's out of my hands. If you call me and say, Pastor, I don't understand this. Come to my house. Let's talk. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to do everything that's possible in my power, including prayer, to make sure that it gets into your heart. But you know what? If you don't let it happen, I can't worry about that. Now, does that make me an uncaring pastor? No, it doesn't. Because I've got that. I've received that from God. So you know what? God said Ken's coming back here because I left it in Bishop Shaw's hands. And I I went to the point of saying, okay, Lord, tell Brother Shaw what to do. And whatever you tell him to do is fine with me. It's fine with me because whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And you're the one that gives me the ability. I'm going to follow you. So, Rusty, I love you. And I'll, buddy, I'll tell you what. You got anything going on? I will be there if I possibly can. But be careful about putting expectations on me that's going to cause you to fall into the trap of offense, because we got to follow him. Does that make sense? Then you get offended, and if God says this is what you to do, then we can't. We got to watch ourselves, make sure we don't get ourselves into the place that we're offended now with God. Amen. I don't know why that came out. It was just a little side note. But Joseph chose to not be offended. And therefore, he didn't wipe out the patriarchs of Israel. He didn't get rid of Judah, which Jesus came through, because he didn't have the right to be offended. Do you understand how difficult and how challenging that can be? Do you also understand how deadly it also is? Oh, it's deadly. And you didn't go to the porn palace across the street and you didn't go to the drug dealer up on the corner and you didn't go over to the liquor store. You didn't do all the don'ts and did all the do's. The one thing you didn't do was keep offense out of your heart. It's so subtle. It's so simple. That's what the devil does. told you the other week how you can build up people around you that will help you pet your offense. Stay away from that. By the way, brothers and sisters, be strong enough to let them know, hey, You're sitting in a bad place, and this is going to destroy you, and I choose not to ride in your boat with you. I'll show you where the Scriptures is. I'll help you get through it. This is heavy, isn't it, folks? Isn't it heavy? But I'm going to tell you right now, I know it's right. It needs to be coming out because we have to have it. We want to see the crutches hanging on the wall. We want to see the people getting saved. We want to see all this going on. But if we're walking around as offended people, not liking the people on this side of the room or the guy over there or whatever it is, God's not going to bring people in here for us to minister to. Why? Because we're going to make this much of the same. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We can know a lot of scripture and get puffed up about it and not have love in our heart. And he ain't going to do that. He's the one that's going to grow the church. Amen. Oh, I'm glad we're going to have our fall festival, Brother Dave. I think everything that you're doing, it's going to open up doors. But unless the Lord does the leading, it's just another event. We'll feel good on a Saturday night. We'll like some music. Our bellies will be full. What will Sunday morning be like? That's the question. And that's a hard message to give, isn't it? The Hebrew children were offended at Moses and at God whenever they were coming through the wilderness. They wanted to get out. This was 400 years after Joseph. And now they're down here and now they want to get out and then they want to go back. They're offended at God. What happened to them? A whole generation of people had to miss out on the promised land because they didn't want what God wanted. They wanted what they wanted. God said, fine. I live forever. I never go away. So you get to wait. The moment you submit, the moment we humble ourselves and submit to God, then he opens the door and says, come on in. I will lead you to that place. But they didn't do that. They were offended. They were offended at Moses and they were offended at God. To become offended would only fulfill the enemy's purpose of getting you or me out of the will of God. That's the only thing that the enemy is purposing to do. Do you know anybody that's out of the will of God today? I'm asking you this so that if it's not you that this message is for, maybe God has spoken to you and said, I need you to pray for somebody. Because they're out of the will of God because they got offended. And they didn't have that right. Therefore, your prayer now will mean something more to you because you realize and understand it's the devil doing the work. It's the devil that's going to do that work. See, if we stay free from offense and in God's will... we can be okay but if we get offended and taken captive by the enemy we get out of God's will and out of his purpose and folks you and I have the choice it's much easier to stay in his will and stay away from offense but we get to choose whichever we want if the devil could destroy us he would have done it a long time ago because he hates human beings with a passion you think you hate somebody you don't hate nobody as much as the devil hates every single human being he wants to rip apart homes he wants to rip apart churches he wants to see man kind of go away I want to leave you with one scripture and then we're going to close 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 pay attention to this because this is big I let my ears tune in check this one out If you want to quote it with me, you can as we go. Of course, Charlie's probably put it up on the screen, but maybe he didn't. So, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Am I right on that so far? But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may abide, be able to bear it. Did I say that right? Let me read that last part again. But with the temptation, will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Wrong. It's not a way. A way means I've got a choice. He makes the way, He makes the way that we can escape. There's only one way that we get to escape this thing called offense if we get trapped in it. as one way to stay away from it. But we have to have the love of Jesus Christ in us. There is only one way. And that one way is something called forgiveness. And remember that His way is the only way. His way, He says, I will be the revenger. I will act vengeance upon them. I shall repay. It's not our place. So He makes the way of escape for offense, he doesn't make a way so we get to pick and choose, find a bunch of people that we like that wants to agree with us. No, there is the way, and it's his way. Amen. How many of you ever been offended in your life? Wow. Some of you are just tired of raising your hands because you all have. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we yet did not sin. Being offended is called sin. He's the only one that was tempted in all points as we, which is to be offended. You have been offended. The question is, are you still harboring it? As long as you're holding on to it, you're still in the trap. You could be a Christian for 60 years and still have that offense sitting on you and it's still the filter you run everything through And it makes you to be a less effective Christian because you got offended. And according to what I showed you this morning, the Bible says you do not have the right. I do not have the right to take on offense. I slide it right on over to the cross, give it to Jesus, and let him deal with it. That is the way. It's the only way. Amen? Heavy, ain't it? Heavy heavy word I share it with you because it hits close to home don't it to every one of us this morning if you have something you want to pray about picture the cross of Calvary like right here maybe somewhere and the blood of Jesus dripping down off of the end of his toes been running down his body and it's just dripping you hear it, it's hitting. It's his blood, and that blood was shed for you and me that we might be saved. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. My disciples who ran away from me, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The man who just stuck the spear into my side, forgive him, for he don't know what he's doing. The ones who spit on me, forgive him, he don't know what he's doing. The one who pulled my beard out, forgive him, for he don't know what he's doing. The one who had the cat of nine tails and was ripping my flesh apart, forgive him, for he don't know what he's doing. It's not just words that is spoken, it's in the heart and he meant every word of it. And if those people repented, they are going to be with Him forever and eternity in heaven. Amen. That's what it's about. It's not lip service. It's heart service. It has to be real. If I want to be like Jesus, then i got to be all out or none. And to be like Jesus says, I forgive you. I forgive you. Joseph did that. We know the story. Nice story. But when he was in the middle of it, he didn't know it. He just hung on to the promise. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the promise of salvation and the promise of heaven is our home. The devil don't want you to know this. It hangs on your forgiveness and love for your fellow man. Not what they have done or haven't done, don't set expectations on people; they will they will disappoint you, and that's the trap. Don't get in the trap; you'll get in trouble. Stand to your feet this morning, if you will.